Welcome to the Manly Things Podcast. This is Andrew Ross. And this is Justin Bush. Thanks for joining us and listening in. Yes, we are glad that you are joining us for this wonderful episode. It's past 10 episodes. I'm not keeping track anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) Now that we're in the double digit club, no more keeping track. That's right. We're seasoned veterans of the podcast game now. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So, man, we had a Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a pretty good weekend. We had family in town, but we actually hung out Saturday night too. We grilled hot dogs and hamburgers and yeah. um, shot Nerf guns down in the basement with the boys. And all in all, it was a pretty good night. Uh, you know what? Those those Nerf guns are uh, a good little time waster. Yes, they are. They will play down there with those forever. Anytime I can find something that will make Judah just do something by himself and not bother me for like 10 minutes, it's gold because Judah hardly can do anything by himself. And that's why we're like dying for like siblings. Like hopefully as they get older, yeah, they can play together and keep each other entertained because right now Judah is a clingy, almost three-year-old. Yeah, well, it's going to be a rude awakening here soon, but <laughs> I love it because Jet is, I mean, he's got kind of the whole Nerf gun thing down down packed. It's like a, one of those semi-automatic flywheel Nerf guns that has like a rev trigger, and yes. he has got to the point where he can load the magazine himself, he can put it in, if he gets a jam, he knows how to fix it, so I'm, I'm pretty much hands-off with him, and then with Jace... He's just fine with, you know, the little nerf jolt, the little single shot yes. pull down. and <laughs> That's what Judah has. And it was funny because when we got home that night, I told Judah, I was like, hey, did you like those nerf guns? He said, yeah. Kind of laughed. I said, do you think we ought to get some? He said, I already have one. I said, what? <laughs> he said, I got little one. And it's like literally one we got, like someone got them at a dollar store that you literally like, just shove one dart in and shoot. I said, no, but do you want like a bigger one? No. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We won't spend the money on a big Nerf gun. That's how Jay. That's how Jace is, man. Simple yeah. things. It doesn't take much to entertain him. Yeah. Well, hey, he. I like it. Low maintenance already. Yeah. Not wanting the big, the big guns. He's like, I already got a gun. There you go. <laughs> but one thing that uh, we tried for the first time yesterday evening was roasting hot dogs on the fire. Mm. Oh my goodness! How did that go? You think like. This is they're gonna. It's gonna be fun. They're gonna enjoy it. This is gonna be a fun activity. Yeah. It takes too long for their attention span to roast a hot dog. Yes. And it's also harder than you would think for them to hold the stick over the fire <laughs> and it not either be way up in the air or touching all the logs and the coals. Yes. So like it was for me much more stressful than what I had pictured in my mind. Right. Which looking back is stupid that I ever thought that the first time you try anything is almost always stressful. Yeah. Any activities it's like, Oh, this is the first time we're trying this. It's not what I envisioned in my mind ever. It's always more stressful, but but it worked out. The marshmallows were a little bit better. So did you just basically end up you roasting all the hot dogs for them? Because I can see that being the uh, the gameplay there. Pretty much, uh, Jet kind of lost interest before Jace did. Jace was all about <laughs> it. He was wanting to stand there with me and didn't want anyone to touch his stick. And so here's a question: When's the next time you're gonna roast hot dogs over a fire? Not for a while. <laughs> That's how well it went. I know. Well, they loved it. I mean, they, you know, Jet was saying, "I want to invite my friends over and roast hot dogs." And I'm yeah. like, 
Oh yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> but it, that was cool. That was a fun thing. That was a new thing. That's cool, man. We didn't roast hot dogs. Um, my family came into town, and it's funny because they came into town to swim. Because you know we have this pool, and like that's what we've been like looking forward to with this pool. Like, yeah, we we'll have people over, we'll have these parties. Memorial Day weekend, the weekend, the week before, it was like 90, 92 degrees. Yeah, it was perfect swimming weather. We swam. Parents and sister are coming to town so that way we could swim. As soon as the weekend hits, drops down to like 52. Like the highs were in the 50s for like two days and rainy. And there went that plan like that fast. Because like the pool water last week got up to like 82, 83. You know, like 85 is almost ideal swimming water. Yeah. <laughs> when they got there, checked the temperature, it dropped to 68 in like two days because of that weather and the rain. So Ugh. now we're slowly building it back up. But it was just like one of those things that stunk. Cause that's what we like. We're looking forward to this pool, having people over and swim, but we still had fun. We made some wings, yeah. made about 40 or 45 wings and it was a good night. Some voodoo and holy gospel, that's right? right? Meet church, baby. Meet church plug that's right where, there. That's where we're at, man. No, they, they thought they were delicious. And the next day after they left, Sam was like, what do you want to do for dinner? I was like, well, we still got some leftover wings. I can go fire up those coals again. There so, you go. There you go. Do some wings back on the grill. Sweet. But I've got one thing I got to tell you that happened tonight that just <laughs> I about died. So tonight I made this like keto friendly cheeseburger casserole thing. Of course, okay. the boys didn't want to eat it. But, you know, to entice them, I gave them like the little cheese balls. Okay. Chiefs puff balls, whatever, which that's a funny story in and of itself. Did you get them at Rural King? We did. Yeah, see. Yes, Jace, that's where we buy them too. Jace bought them. <laughs> Jace was walking by with the, the little tiny cart yeah. and was like, I think I want those. And then he was saying this to my mother-in-law and he goes, I I buy these. And then just grabbed them <laughs> on the shelf and put them in his little cart and Dude, took off. When I, see this, when I go by and I see that barrel, oh, there it's a bag, right? No, it was a barrel. It was the barrel. It is a the barrel t- there. Tub. Anytime I go by and see the barrel of cheese balls, I myself am like, I think I'm gonna buy these. I want these. <laughs> That's what it's Jace hard did. not to because you're usually like, I don't know, like five pounds of cheese balls for like two dollars. You <laughs> can't beat it. So I interrupted your story. No, Go you're ahead. good. You're good. So we put those on the plate, and they're eating them. Jet, Jet eats them. Well, Jet's gotta go to potty. Yeah. So he goes. You know, he's. Come with me, Dad. All right, let's go. He's doing his thing, <laughs> and he's doing a number two, or so he says. I don't know sometimes <laughs> if he really does or he does it. And so he gets his toilet paper off, you know, yeah. and does his thing. And then he's always got to look to see, you know, yeah. if there's anything on there. And he looks and he's like, "Oh yeah." And so <laughs> that I'm was like, a good one. Yeah, like that was a good poop. So he, you know, throws it in the toilet. I'm like, "All right, stand up. I'll finish finish up." Yeah. So I, you know, as he stands up, as I get ready to grab like some wet wipes or something to, to finish up, yeah. he stands up with the same hand that he just wiped with, <laughs> puts it up to his mouth oh, to lick no. the cheese. No. <laughs> cheddar stuff off of his finger that oh. he just wiped with. I'm like, no, no, Chad, no. And he just looks at me and like smiles like, what? Like, I'm going to eat this. 
I'm like, oh no. So that's my kid. That's awesome. That is my. That's kid. a great story. Well, that's the thing. like. It's funny those cheese balls and any like cheese like chip products. Like if you think about it, what cheese looks like that? It's like orange dust. Like really, I want to know the process of how they get cheese and turn it to orange dust. Because like Cheetos now even says made with real cheese, and I don't know how much real cheese because I've never seen cheese <laughs> that orange. <laughs> that that was the question tonight. They asked how you make cheese balls or where yeah. do you make cheese balls? Did you said, come up with an answer? I said they make them at the cheese ball factory. That's right. The cheese ball factory. They want to know how can we make these at my house. And I said we can't. They make them at the cheese ball it's factory. A special factory so. that only makes cheese balls. Yeah. Yeah. What well, that makes the orange dust out of real cheese apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight. Yes. Let's go ahead and get into our mainly things topic of the night. Yeah, I'm excited. And what we're going to do, we've already kind of touched on it with Nerf guns. Mm -hmm. Not really, I guess. That's a stretch. (laughs) That's a stretch. But what we want to do, this next three podcast series that we want to do, we want to do stuff related to everyday carry. What are things that we carry on us? Now, this, we don't. We probably should carry more than than we do, and yeah. we'll we'll get into that. But today we're going to talk about <gasps> guns. <laughs> our favorite topic, one of our favorite things to do, talk about guns, shoot guns, carry guns. Today we're going to be talking about everyday carry guns, what we like carrying, why we like carrying, and maybe even talk about man, what would we in the future like to carry as well? Yeah, or stuff that we don't have yeah. that we think would be cool. Yeah. So first, before we get into the types and or what exactly what do you classify as a carry gun for you for me personally well that's the thing is once we get into i got three carry guns and they serve three purposes and i carry them at three different times okay so i mean it really breaks down to the season what am i wearing and (laughs) what am i doing i mean honestly that's how that's how i determine and again like we said before and i think we should probably just talk touch on this first is i don't carry every day i probably should there's a time i did but most of the time it's when i travel Mm -hmm. um, different things like that so when i talk it's not like an everyday thing so when i do carry it comes down to a couple different factors of what do i pick yeah um now i've gotten basically what classifies a carry gun for me anymore is what's comfortable (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, because at the end of the day, like the first time I, I, I thought I was going to carry a gun with a holster, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this big one with this holster and it's going to be perfect, double mags. And I'm like, no, because I'm not going to carry that. That's not comfortable. Yeah. I want something that's going to be comfortable to where it's not a hassle for me because it's, if it's a hassle, if it's not comfortable, I'm never going to do it. So I'm going to find stuff that works for me. Some people may say that's not a good thing, but something's better than nothing. Okay, so in my opinion, if I'm talking carry gun, legit carry, what am I going to carry? Yeah. It's going to be a single stack mm-hmm. subcompact gun. Yeah. I'm not going to carry anything full size. No. Probably even a compact size. I know lots of people talk about like they carry Glock 19s, Yeah. which is technically a compact. It's pretty much full size in my opinion yeah but i'm subcompact and i prefer the single stack yeah that i mean you said what i said a lot simpler 
Yeah. <laughs> Basically, ditto. Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, there's one exception that I have. And what is that? It's, I have one revolver. Okay. So I do like carrying a revolver. In fact, most, when I carry on the hip, for some reason, that snub nose revolver feels so much better than my single stack subcompact gun that I carry. Like, I don't know what it is, the shape. Maybe it's because I'm fat. And those rolls, that those that revolver just sits there nice. Hey, I'm living the same <laughs> life, man. And I don't know what it is, but I like it though. So, but let's let's talk a little bit. Let's talk about like you know what do we what do we have that we what we do carry? What guns do you carry, Justin? I really only carry one. Um, I have I bought. It's funny how you buy guns thinking, oh, I'm going to carry this, yeah, and then you don't, right? Um, so I actually ended up buying my favorite gun and what I thought was going to be my carry gun is a CZ-75 Compact Okay. Uh, with the decocker. So yeah. with the decocker, your first uh, trigger pull, your first shot is actually like a double action. So it's long. It's a long, harder, heavier trigger pull than yeah. every shot after that is um, single action. Yeah. And that single action on that CZ is smooth, buddy. Yeah. I... Uh, it's a tack driver. It is a tack <laughs> driver. Um, but I don't carry it. Uh, I bought it thinking that would be my carry gun. Uh, a good friend of mine, that's what uh, he carries. That's how we get suckered in, man. We ask oh, people. Yeah. Well, and I've shot it. I shot it before, and I thought, this is this gun fits me like a glove. I love it. But it's an all-metal gun, Yeah. so it is heavy. It is a heavy gun. Um, but it's a tack driver. So if I go to the range, a range gun, that's my favorite range gun. Okay. In fact, I'd like to have a full size uh, in it, you know, someday just for, for range purposes. Right. Um, but what I carry. Um, it's your home defense gun now. <laughs> I guess. I guess you could say that. I mean, it does have night sights too. So there you go. It, it is kind of technically could be. There you go. Um, but there's no rail mount on it. So you can't put a light or anything. On yeah. it, uh, the SPO one CZ SPO one has a rail on it, so you could you could mount a light on it. So okay, but anyway, I, I digress. Yes, um, the gun that I carry is just a simple MMP shield, Smith and Wesson MMP shield, nine millimeter, nine millimeter. Okay, no safety on it. Yeah, on mine. Okay, I know some, they make some models with the safety, some without. Yep. yep. But no safety. And that's all I carry. It's simple. Well, I like it, man. Well, let's just start with saying um, I have three that I go in between. The one I probably carry most is my uh, Taurus 605-357. A lot of people will say, Taurus, come on. But like when I was doing research, Taurus revolvers, I shot a few. I love them. I probably would never buy one of their semi-automatics. Actually, I, I would never buy one of their semi-automatics. But as far as their... Um, Revolvers go. Taurus makes a really nice revolver, and they're 605 stainless snub nose 357. I've always liked 357s too because for target practice, I can shoot cheater cheaper 38 yep. out of it. And I'm telling you, man, there was one time we were at the range with my buddy, and I was shooting 357 out of it. And these uh, guys standing next to us, that thing was so loud. They stopped and they came over. What are you shooting? Because Dude, it's loud when you shoot through 57 out of that snub nose. But I love that gun. So it's the Taurus 605. You're a man shooting 357 out of a snub dude. snubby. Well, let me tell you, I can only <laughs> do it. You're a like, real man. And it holds five. And like after five, dude, my hand is gone. Talk like, about manly things. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I like that one. That's probably one I carry the most on my waist. Um, 
Now, when it comes to summertime, I wear a lot of shorts and t-shirts. And like I said, I'm a big boy, so carrying my waist sometimes is always the ideal situation. So I also have a um, Ruger LCP 380. Yeah. And I have a pocket holster for it. Is it LCP or LCP2? The LCP2. Ah, uh, see, that's the difference. And let me tell you, this was a whole Kentucky thing because <laughs> I had a truck that I traded for a car, and he also threw a gun in on the deal to sweeten it. <laughs> there you, you go. Can, you can do those kind of things in Kentucky. <laughs> so that's how I got my LCP2 was on a, a, a car trade. So I have a nice pocket holster for that. It's not much bigger than having a cell phone in your pocket. Yeah. Um, I like that, just to be able to carry that if I want to. Um, but the one that if I'm going on trips or if I'm wearing like in the winter time, well, I ha- also have an MMP Shield 9mm, except for mine does have the safety on it. But I've never put it on because I've, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I just don't think about decocking a safety at all. So, well, yeah. in a, a situation, like, I know that if I pull that out, I'm just going to be clicking and it's going to be on safety. And then, yeah, there's no point. So, yeah. Well, that's one of those things of it's another barrier to get to the point of fire should you be in a situation that you need to. Yeah. And, you know, people argue, argue it all the time or, or, I don't know. I feel like more and more people, are getting to the point of uh, carrying one in the chamber, yeah, and not utilizing a safety, yeah. Um, and really, there's no need to. Now, if you first you don't feel comfortable, then you know do what feels comfortable. T- and the more you carry, the more comfortable you should feel. I I would imagine, but well, it all comes down to um, having the right holster too. Yep. If you have a, a good holster, you don't have to worry about it. You know. Um, you're not going to have to worry about that thing misfiring or not. You got a, a nice trigger guard around it. And if you practice pulling it out of the holster without putting your finger on the trigger, you know, it all just comes to the mechanics basically mm-hmm. and what you have with it. But I remember when I first got into handguns, you know, you, you said you bought the, uh, uh, the, the, for your first the gun, CZ, CZ, um, the first one I bought that I thought was going to be great, which was, it's an awesome gun. It was the Springfield, oh, what's their subcon? XDS. Yes, but it was 45 ACP. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh, that thing. Again, what classifies an EDC gun is something that you're comfortable shooting and shooting well. That gun, after the first round, I you could not shoot a second out of that well. Yeah, it's it's pretty snappy. It was pretty light. Now, so it's I actually. smaller than the shield. I had it, um, but in 9 millimeter. And that was actually the first gun I got to carry. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it, there was just something about it. I just, it didn't click with me. Um, I shot it fine. Uh, you know, it was an easy shooting gun, really. Um, there had, I read some reviews since about potentially problems feeding yeah. uh, hollow points. Um, but... The guy I sold it to, I'm not going to say who it is, but the guy that I sold it to, um, he still carries it to this day, yeah. and I don't think he's ever had any issues um, okay. with it feeding. So, But, yeah, I shot that, and I can imagine the 45 in that would be uh, too snappy. I, 45, too. To me, 45 is meant for a 1911. Yes, and that's why like, it came down to, and I think basically what got me that gun was, 
it was a President's Day sale at this gun shop, and I went, and they had them like a ridiculous price reduction, and the only ones left were 45s. So I was like, I guess I'll get a 45. I was wanting a nine, but I'll get the 45, and that was a mistake. Um, I mean, it was it's a nice gun. Uh, the quality is Springfield. I like Springfield, but yeah. like you said, I think my dream gun. Um, and a 45 would be like a Colt 1911. Yeah. Um, or even I'll take a Springfield or a Kimber too. <laughs> yeah. No, there's lots of super nice. I like a Wilson Combat if I'm talking really nice, yeah. high end. Uh, Wilson Combat, they also do a version of like a Beretta yeah. 92 SF. It's pretty sweet. But that, that funny story about that gun, you bought yours as a President's Day sale. I bought mine at a a gun range Blackwing shooting center in delaware and i bought that <laughs> because i was getting ready i was engaged i was getting ready to be married and i went to the gun range with a buddy and i'll you know he's kind of talking to me he's like you know after you get married like you're not going to be able to just go blow money on guns. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should buy a gun today. <laughs> so that was like my last gun purchase before I got married. There you go. No. I have bought some since, but unfortunately, they well, been. one was the LCP. Yeah. So you have the LCP too. This is a point I wanted everyone to hear too. So you have the LCP too. Mm-hmm. I had just the LCP. Um, and the trigger on the LCP2 is much better, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I've not shot it it's to not tell as long, the difference. And the decock is not as far back. Okay. Or whatever that engage, like the, when you're coming back for the reset. The de- yeah. Reset. That's what I'm talking about. The resets, you don't have to push, push it as far forward for that reset. Okay. So I've not shot it. I'll have to shoot yours sometime. Yeah. When ammo isn't ridiculous. Or if you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah, problem. No kid. Good grief, man. I get online right now. I'm trying to find nine, and you just can't. Like, you can't find nine millimeter no. online anywhere, in stores anywhere. I found one box of 357 a couple months ago, and I think I paid, like, almost $50 for it. There you go. Because I, I didn't have any. I'm like, I want some. There's only one box sitting there, and I'm going to spend probably $20 more than what I normally would, but whatever. <laughs> so... Let's get into kind of what are the different options available for a carry gun now. So last time I like really did a lot of research and I was like really heavy into it. Yeah. There weren't that many big hitters in the single stack game. It was big into like the double stack subcompacts, like the Glock 26, which is a double stack fatter uh, grip um, pistol subcompact. Uh And then there was the MMP subcompact as well. And those were like the two big ones. There were others, obviously. I know Walters had some uh, PPS, maybe. Don't quote me. Walther... you said this was a single stack? No, it stack? was a double stack. Okay. Okay. But the, the subcompact double stacks were the thing that kind of dominated the carry world for subcompact for so long. And then they came out with the single stacks. Yes. And I feel like for a long time, the only decent options there were were the shield. Mm-hmm. Ruger had the LC9. The LC9. Yep. And then the XDS. Yeah, those were basically the three 
top hitters right there. Yeah, those, <laughs> that was it. And yep. and even to this day, I think you know the shield for the money is one of the better. I mean, it's a reliable gun. It's it's not super expensive and it's mm. pretty reliable. I shoot that gun so well. Like that's the. Uh, the only reason why I kept traveling and stuff and love that gun is because I know I can shoot it really well. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's funny when I bought that gun, gosh, I think I bought it for like 300, even from a store, but yep. also had a mail-in rebate where they sent me a speed loader, two extra magazines and two boxes of Hornady critical defense, hollow point. Oh, wow. I'm that like, was a really good one. That's like a $400 value yeah. with the gun I got for 300 bucks. Cool. So, I mean, like, I was like, you can't beat that getting into the carry game. Right. But since then, a lot. There's been a lot of things that changed. So, Glock came out with the 42, which was the 380, which the gun that everyone was so excited to come out. And then they came out with it in the 380 yeah. instead of the long-awaited Glock 43 that everyone wanted, the single-stack 9. Yes. Um, but now, you know, they even have variations of that. So, like, the Glock 43 XL. And the G43. Not not the G43. I'm lost right now, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look stuff up, too, as we talk here. So, you keep going, man. Just forget <laughs> right. what I'm talking about. But, I mean, they've just... The point being that today... So, the Smith & Wesson Shield is, like, a 7 plus 1. Yep. So when we say plus one, that means one in the seven in the magazine, one in the chamber. So you can have eight rounds in your firearm ready to go. Yeah. So that number has been increased uh, with some newer guns. And as I kind of started, to, once I started to have kids and realized that buying pistols was not going to be a regular hobby... <laughs> <laughs> financially for me right. I stopped paying attention but at the time they had just started to come out with the SIG P365 mm-hmm. and I think there were some issues with the very first ones that came out um, but now everything that I'm reading and reviews that I've seen the P SIG P365 is like the go-to carry gun now Yeah, um, I believe you can carry like 10 plus one in that, and that's a single stack. Yep. Um, they have different variations of it where like just like the Glock 43 XL, a longer handle yep. um, that you can get a full grip on, and you can probably even carry even more in that. Yep. So the same thing with the Glocks. Um, and then Springfield, they've kind of stopped doing the XDS, I believe, and now they have the Springfield Hellcat, yep. which is an 11 plus one. Yeah, which is crazy. So you can get a much higher capacity in a single stack gun now than you could five years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there uh, anymore just because I think a lot more people are wanting to carry and are very interested in those guns, the carry guns. And I'm mean, even just around here, I mean, to get your concealed carry license to get an appointment at the sheriff's anymore, they're backed up like four or five months, which is just absolutely insane that that many people are, are wanting to get their license that you got to wait almost a half a year just turning your paperwork for the sheriff's department to process it. But what's your view? Cause like, you know, we're talking about capacity as far as how many rounds you can carry in a gun. I'm always one of these people like I, in my shield, I have two extended mags that do eight plus one. Mm-hmm. So I you can carry nine. So I got a couple of those, but I'm always one of these people like, if I ever need much more than eight or nine, it's probably a situation that 
A, I shouldn't pull my gun out, or B, it's not going to be a good ending for me anyways. I don't know. Because how many situations would you need that many that you're going to be around to shoot 20 or 30? Which, again, I've never been in that situation. Maybe you pop them off so fast because you're so nervous, but I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know. I I wouldn't be able to say because I've never been in a situation like that. It'd be interesting to hear from someone who's been in a situation, which I'm sure it's not something that they would enjoy talking about. Right. Because it's if you're pulling your firearm to use on someone it, for for deadly force, right. then it is a pretty serious thing, and it's probably going to be traumatizing, I would assume. Right. Um, but I would say the more... I have, I mean, you think high stress situation, you just never know what it could be. You never know the scenario. I can count on less than one hand the amount of times I've felt super uncomfortable in a situation to where I was glad that I had my firearm with me or B, I didn't because (laughs) I'm not a... I do not carry nearly as much as I probably should and wish that I had one with me. Right. Um, And, you know, nothing happened in those instances, but who's to say that it couldn't, you know? Um, One is, you know, being in a vehicle and, you know, you you think you're safe. You think, you know, I can move, I can drive. Well, not when you're stopped at a light and you have cars on all sides of you and the dude in front of you is angry at someone and gets out of their car at this traffic light and that was one time where I'm like what is this guy doing you know he's yelling he's irate you know you just never know what he could be doing I I can't go anywhere I can't do anything so in a situation like that I don't know you just never know yeah Um, so I would say having more rounds will do you uh, once again the age-old thing i'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it oh i get you but i, I also just go back to if it's uncomfortable for me i'm not going to take it and so no absolutely ad- adding a few more rounds makes it uncomfortable i'm just i'd rather have yeah. seven well, even with my revolver i'm okay with five yep like i'll take five and people are like oh that's not enough i'm like it's enough for me in a bad guy situation yeah yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I wouldn't like I would not like weigh down my pockets with like two extra magazines <laughs> or I don't even ever I've never carry an extra magazine. Yeah. I carry one, so I've got seven I've got eight rounds because yeah. I don't use my extended uh I don't either because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I use the shortest magazine that I have. Um Yep. Yep. yep so yep. Well Is there anything else we want to cover with everyday carry guns? I would just encourage people to multiple things. One, if you do carry or if you do want to or or you're on the fence about it, I would encourage you to go take your concealed carry class. Just because you take the class doesn't mean that you have to go get it. Right. It's interesting just to learn the laws. It's fun to, um, especially if you go to a good instructor, um, who can actually teach you some things, maybe open your eyes to some things you didn't know, maybe teach you some proper technique um, in firing. Uh, Even if you just are someone who wants to target practice or you're not comfortable around firearms at all and just want to understand a little bit more. Class Um, is good. I would say go do it. Um, 
So that's one. Two, if you think that you want to carry, you want to buy one gun and say, I want this to be like my range gun and my carry gun, um, do some research because the guns that you think you will carry, mm-hmm. you probably will not end up wanting to carry it because it'll be uncomfortable. Yeah. I.e. the Glock 19s, my CZ 75 compact. Yeah. Lots of people think, oh, that's not that big of a gun when they're holding it in store. When you put it on your body, it's, it's a, different, a situ- yeah. different situation. So, and it's always going to come back to the Smith and Wesson Shield. So, just go ahead and get yourself a Smith and Wesson Shield. Yeah, Shield. I if <laughs> I'm just if kidding. I if I get to the point where I'm ready and want to, and ammo's not out the wazoo, I'd probably go with the Sig P365. Yeah, I'd like to shoot it. I've not shot it. So. I like the Sig. Is it the P2380? It's a 380 and a 1911 platform. Uh, 938. 938. I love that gun. Uh, the two, I think the 238 is the, thir- is the 380 version. Yeah. There's a 380 version and then there's a 938. The 238 nine is the 380 version. version. Yeah. And uh, they had one I saw one time. It was called the We the People version. Mm-hmm. And dude, it mm-hmm. was just so beautiful. And I wanted that gun. So if yeah. I could do any, it'd probably be the SIG P2380. Springfield came out with one too. I think it's Did the they? 911, 911, I think. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, let's talk one more, one more thing real okay. quick. Yep. Where, well, yeah, positions that you like carrying. Uh, I carry, when I do carry, which once again is not often enough, I carry like three, four o'clock on my hip, mm-hmm. on my right side. Um, and then I use a hybrid holster. So it's uh, got a leather back with two like belt clips yep. on either side and then Kydex um, onto that leather. Um, so it kind of spreads out the... It just doesn't feel like anything's digging into your side. Yeah. Um, but I've not tried any other holsters. It's I bought one. It worked. I've used it. Why? Why mess with a good thing? Right. Well, I feel like there's probably better things. I'm just too cheap to go spend money on a bunch of holsters <laughs> that I'm going to say, "Oh, this sucks." I'm going to throw it in the yeah whatever or sell it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I'm the so. same way. I like right on the hip, three, four o'clock. I never understand the guys that can carry like what's it the called? appendix. Oh my appendix goodness, carry. dude! Well, part you of can't that can't be a big boy like us no. <laughs> that carry appendix. I need some washboard abs. And you know, that's just pointing at some. Per- you got you got the carotid artery right there, but then you also. I mean, I don't know. It's just I don't. I've I've watched a bunch of videos. I feel like it's a psychological thing. You, it's probably not nearly as dangerous as what you think it is. Right, but. Once again, to me, I don't think it'd be comfortable because I'm not exactly beach body ready. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. So that's some good stuff. But I like your advice on, you know, go take a class. If anything, it help you learn a little bit more, help you feel more comfortable at guns, help you get some technique. And it'll just be interesting for you, yeah. especially if you find a good instructor. Again, good NRA certified instructor. They're usually great. You can look them up on the NRA website yeah. and find them that way. But definitely do that if you're interested in it. So. If, you, if you are near, this is a plug. I don't even know why I'm plugging. They don't even know that I'm saying this. But in, in Bladensburg, there's a place called Elite Preparedness. And they have an indoor and outdoor range. They do all sorts of cool things, teach classes. It's where I took my uh, – one of the places I 
I took my concealed carry with a good friend years ago and then retook it um, several years later um, at Elite Preparedness. And they even have some cool new offerings with a range and a uh, some type of... I don't know very much about it. I've only read, heard snippets. I've not dug into it more because uh, time hasn't allowed. But I think we should get in on it at some point. They have like a laser system okay, uh, to where you don't have to shoot live rounds, but you still get the recoil of live rounds out of the firearm. Yes. I so that. it's more realistic, good training, um, which is all you're doing anyway uh, when, when you're shooting. You want to yeah. know, uh, you know, repetition. So yeah, Absolutely. And work on that uh, form and, and everything. So Nice, man. Well, good shout out. But let's move on to our six. Six. Five. five. So I, you know, we just got done with uh, be, Play the Man. I was about to say Be the Man. Play the Man by <laughs> Mark Batterson. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Play I'm the, the man, man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Oh, that's a good song, actually. That's an old song. I wonder when that song came out. Anyways, let's not get distracted, Andrew. So <laughs> we, we just finished that book. So tonight I decided I'll just do a quick devotion for us uh, for our 6-5 subject. Uh, right now we have this intern with us, with me. Uh, Your clone. <laughs> yes, dude. And it's funny. Sunday, I can't. There was three people that came up to me, and one of them was like, "Just so you know, there's a there's a boy in there. It looks just like you." And I saw him. I went to say Andrew, and all of a sudden, I realized, "Oh, that's not Andrew." I'm like, "That's probably my intern, Josh." And yep. Yeah. The thing is, it's like we look at each other like I don't think we look that alike, but people are like, "No." If like people told like if you told us you were brothers, we would think that you're brothers. Well, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. I would I would say that's fair. So, but anyways, he's interning here and one of the parts of the intern thing is that we have to read a book together. And so every week we discuss a book. And I have a book that I've done with the past two interns I've had that I really like. It's called Dangerous Prayers by Craig Groeschel. Uh, I like Craig Groeschel a lot. And this whole book goes uh basically covers the prayer that David prayed in Psalms. And um the one I'm going to share with you, it's the, it's the second part, and I was just reading this, and I was thinking about it a lot. It's, a, it's something that I have trouble with, and I think men in general have trouble with. So this prayer, it's called Uncover My Sins. But don't turn it off right now because you're thinking, all oh, sins, because that's not what we're talking about. I'm not going to be talking about just sins. But this is how he starts this. He ta- he's talking about David. It said, David was called a man after God's own heart. He was devoted to God's will and worshiped passionately, gave extravagantly, and led courageously, yet he still made mistakes, big ones. Like you and me, he was tempted to sin and didn't always make the right choice. Even after he knew the goodness of God and he walked with him for most of his life, David still blew it. And that's why he prayed this dangerous portion of the prayer, search me, God, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me. And he goes on to talk about how you know, a lot of times we are our best convincers that we can convince ourselves into anything like, oh, that's okay. Or that's not that big a deal in my life. Um, but we're just really good at convincing ourselves. And on the second hand, we're also very stubborn people as well. Because I'm not just talking about sins. Obviously, David had some sins, but also talking about things that in our life that maybe some people may say like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. And he talks about, you know, if one or two people point something out to you, maybe you should really look at it and bring it to God. Because he's a pastor, and he said he always liked to tell jokes in a sermon. And sometimes 
People said they had crossed the line. He didn't see no big deal about it. He said people tried telling him, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't tell these jokes. And he said when his daughter got into the youth group and she was sitting there in church service and he went to tell a joke, all of a sudden it hit him like, I don't want my daughter to hear this joke. Um, but then all of a sudden he said, you know, that's the, that's the thing about it is that we are so stubborn at times that we think everything about us is fine. But this prayer that David prayed, the reason why it's so dangerous is because we actually pray like, hey, if there's anything about me that's wrong, that maybe I'm just too stubborn or blind to see and I don't think it's that big of a deal, God reveal it to me. The reason why it's dangerous is because if you pray that, more than likely God's going to reveal it to you in some way soon. And then what are you going to do about it? Because most of the time it's things that we don't think is a big deal or things that are comfortable to us. I'm not talking about those sins, sins, sins. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about those things like jokes or the way you talk or treat or the way you spend your time, the way you spend your money. Yeah. And so that I, I just hit me this week like, man, that's difficult right there because we are stubborn people. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I really I really like that um, because you're exactly right. That's one of the things that, you know, we don't want, no one wants to look at their flaws. No one, and we're very blind to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I've read something and it has to do with communication and uh, there's, you know, an IP gap, intention versus perception. Yeah. And, and it's along the same, same lines as we naturally think that our intentions are good. Yeah. Um, but what's perceived, so perceived by either people that we're communicating with and or perceived by God, you know, could be very different because yeah. our what is in our intention, but, you know, to really look back and take a step back and say, you know, pray that prayer and also look at yourself internally and say, okay, I need to be more open to what i'm doing yeah i guess i i am not articulating well no you're good what's in my head but because it's it's a good thought yeah it's hard for us to think about it but it's also hard for us to hear like Mm -hmm. he said do you have people in your life that will point those things out to you Uh, i try to put them in my life and i try to be very blunt with them like hey if you see me doing something stupid or you think it's not gonna be a good idea please tell me um i'm not gonna like hearing it but i need to hear it you know, uh, and I need you to tell me these things. And I even had this, I think he'd be okay with it. I had a teaching moment with our intern, Josh, um, even just saying, Hey, you know, I want the best for you. Um, but I just see this one thing that you can work on and it, man, it went great, worked out great, but it's always those conversations are hard to have, hard to hear, hard to tell, but they're important to have, mm-hmm. um, either with a trusted friend or with God. I mean, once you take it to God and say, reveal it to me, you got to be ready for it to be revealed, and then what are you going to do with it? Because then it's very obvious at that point, what is it? Yeah, and it kind of reminds me a little bit, a quote that I really like that I heard. Uh, I think it was from a Secret to Success podcast. I think I've mentioned that last podcast too. Yeah. But um, it was, you know, truth without love. Oh, Love without truth is hypocrisy. Truth without love is like brutality, I think is what it was. So it's having those people in your life who will speak to you and and have that candid uh, conversation with you is is a big deal. And the older I get, the more and more 
I want those people in my life. Yeah. And I want to become more of that person for others that I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to have the balance of the caring and loving with your candor as well, which sounds like you did a good job with Josh. And it also sounds like obviously shows a lot about him that he's able to take, yeah. listen, accept, internalize, and then put into action, whatever that may be. So that's a, yeah, it's a good example. Well, that's the thing is, and we actually just talked a little bit about before that, another book that we had, I had read before called, um, Oh gosh, what's it called? Ba- but basically they took grace and truth and said that there's a there's a line that Jesus walked so well that giving true a grace, love and also giving truth. The woman caught in adultery, he said the one without sin throw the rock. Well, he's the only one at that point mm-hmm. that's able to throw the rock, but he doesn't. He shows love, and he shows grace. But at the same time, he deals some with some truth at the end cuz he says don't sin anymore. This is what you're doing, you're sinning. Don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm not going to throw this rock, but don't do this. Right. And he just walked that line so well that that truth and that love, and that's like, it's a very hard line to walk. But, man, I try to do it a lot better these days to make mm-hmm. sure I'm doing it that, you know, you want to be that person that gives both. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But to to the original point, too, of praying that prayer for ourselves of, you know, God open my eyes to to those things that I'm not quite 100% on or I could improve upon, you know, that's a tough thing to do. And and you really have to make a conscious effort at it too. It's easy to go on every day, just boom, 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 get go on with your life, do the routine, uh, get in a hurry, rush things, do things yourself. Right. I want to control. And it's, it's a whole different thing to reflect and, uh, be honest with yourself and, and see where you're at and, and where you lie. And that's stuff I have to work on, you know, every day. Um, yep. I th- I do something dumb or say something dumb or whatever <laughs> every single day. I'm far. I'm just ask my wife. I'm probably one of the least perfect people you'll ever meet. But hey, perfection is, uh, I always say it's a word that I reserve for one person is God. But every day I try to get better. Yeah. There's going to be days I, I don't. But, man, at the end of the day, I hope that I look back and say, that was dumb. Hopefully next day I can do better than that. Yep. And then just get more and more Christ-like, and that's what it's all about. So. Yep. Well, if you have not read it, read Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle. There's a lot of really challenging prayers in this book based off the prayer David prayed. Um, David is one of my favorite people in the Bible, so pick it up if you want to read it. Craig Rochelle, he's a great pastor as well. He's got some good podcasts uh, on leadership, so check him out. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Tune in. Follow us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram or whatever the different things that you do. Check our, uh, yeah, all of it. <laughs> Check out our website that oh, yeah, Justin's that's been right. creating at manlythingspodcast.com, right? It is. I think <laughs> manlythingspodcast.com. So we're learning how to do that still. Still need someone to help out with that. Yeah. We might have to recruit someone to uh josh josh you're gonna have to help out yeah but uh do that and uh at some point we'll probably do another blog post about something related to this edc topic yes so that way you could read as well yeah i mean it's good to read right there you go strengthen that mind that's right well we are glad that you're joining us tonight and always remember stay Stay manly. manly